is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody, remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. It is Thursday, November the 3rd, in the house with your boy Trey Larkins. Come on in and sit a while. Enjoy another Wise Guys sports show on the Worldwide Sports Network. We got an action jam-packed show. It's NFL Week 9. We got some big-time matchups in the NFL this weekend. We got the struggling L.A. Rams traveling down south to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Matthew Stafford versus Tom Brady Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay on CBS. It's a 425 kickoff. Can't wait for that matchup. That is possibly, possibly, an elimination game. Not mathematically, but realistically, that's an elimination game for either the Rams or the Buccaneers. Also on Sunday, we got a 2019 AFC Championship rematch between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. So it's going to be a big-time matchup on Sunday Night Football. Also, tonight in baseball, we got Game 5 between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. 8.03 is the first pitch tonight in that matchup in Philadelphia. So one of those two teams is looking to take a commanding 3-2 lead and possibly win the World Series. It's a great World Series right now between the Astros and Phillies. It really, really is. So action jam-packed show. But we begin tonight in the NFL with the Thursday night Football matchup between the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. It's 8-15 kickoff in Houston. The over-under for this matchup is 45.0. And this is Jalen Hurts' first game in his hometown. For this matchup, the Eagles are favored by 14 points in this game. So let's start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, they are led by quarterback Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has been having a sensational season so far this year. So far, he got 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,799 passing yards. He's completing 67% of his passes. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. I don't believe Jalen Hurts is at the top of the MVP conversation like Patrick Mahomes, or like Josh Allen. But Jalen Hurts has been playing at a high level for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. You look at his some of his numbers this year. His pass yards per attempt, that's, that's 8.5. That's ranked second in the NFL. His passer rating is 105.1. That's ranked fifth in the NFL. And he only has two giveaways, which is tied for first in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. So Jalen Hurts is playing at a high level right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
and he has this offense flying all around the field, and it's fly Eagles fly offensively right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. You look at their rushing attack. They got Jalen. They got Jalen Hurts. They got Sanders in the backfield. They got Scott. This rushing attack by the Philadelphia Eagles is one of the best rushing attacks that we have in the NFL. They're ranked sixth in the NFL in rushing yards per game. The Eagles average 150 rushing yards per game. So they are a dominant team at running the football, and they play complementary football because they got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard as their skilled position players to deliver the football to. So Jalen Hurts has weapons who he can throw the ball to, and he also has an elite rushing attack with Scott and with Sanders in the backfield. You look at their rushing attack. This is since Jalen Hurts has been the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. The Eagles got the most rushing touchdowns since Jalen Hurts was named the Eagles starter. They got 45 rushing touchdowns. That's more than the Browns, who got 44. The Titans got 41 with Henry. The Ravens got 37 with Lamar Jackson. The Patriots got 34. So they got the most rushing touchdowns since Jalen Hurts has been the starter in Philadelphia. And I believe this was the year where Jalen Hurts took a step and elevated his game. He really, really elevated his game this year, and he's ascending when it comes to young quarterbacks in the NFL. When I think about the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, I think about Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. The way Jalen Hurts is playing, we may have to include Jalen Hurts in that conversation if he continues to play the way he's played in the first eight games of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been outstanding as their leader. And I like his demeanor in press conferences and the players that's on that Eagles team, they respect Jalen Hurts as their leader and as their quarterback. And they believe in Jalen Hurts because you remember out of college, there was questions about whether or not Jalen Hurts can be a franchise quarterback. And honestly, when it comes to all these Alabama quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mac Jones, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have the best career of the three. When it comes to all those Alabama quarterbacks, I don't believe in Mac Jones. I've said from the get-go that Mac Jones is a game manager at best. He's similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not really a quarterback you can build your franchise around. Tua Tagovailoa, he's better than Mac Jones, but I believe at their ceiling, I would take Jalen Hurts over to a Tiger Valor. What y'all think? I'm taking Jalen Hurts over to her. Like, he really, really got the Philadelphia Eagles flying in all cylinders right now, and they got a chance to go undefeated. You look at their schedule, because they're going to win tonight. They're going to win tonight against the Texans, but after the Texans tonight, in week 10, they got the Commanders. Week 11, they at the Colts. Week 12, they're home against the Packers. Week 13, they're home against the Titans. Week 14, they're at the Giants. Week 15, they're at Chicago against the Bears. Week 16, they are in Dallas. That's a potential loss. And then week 17, they're home against the Saints. Week 18, they're home against the Giants. So it's a possibility that the Philadelphia Eagles could go 17-0. They're favored in all of their remaining games. 
except against the Cowboys. That's the only game that they are not favored in in the latter part of the season. That's in week 16. But look out for that week 12 matchup against the Packers because even though Aaron Rodgers doesn't have elite skill position players, it's still Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers' reputation alone, you have to respect and you have to respect the Green Bay Packers as a franchise and Aaron Rodgers as a Hall of Fame quarterback. But, man, they, these next few weeks, Texans, Commanders, and Colts are all three wins for the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're going to be 10-0 and heading into that matchup against the Packers in Week 12. They'll be 10-0. and And right now, they are the favorites in the NFC. Now, there are other teams in the NFC who I believe could knock off the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the San Francisco 49ers. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they can get their act together and sneak into the playoffs, even the Packers, I know it sounds crazy, but even the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, if they play the Eagles in a playoff matchup, don't just believe that the Eagles are going to blow out the Packers. I know they've been terrible this year, but there are quarterbacks who I believe who are Hall of Famers that can go into Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I believe Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both can. But their teams aren't playing well. they really, really not playing well. But, like, as great as their offense is, defensively, they're playing some great football right now overall. Like, you look at their defense. They got Brandon Graham. They got Fletcher Cox. They traded for Robert Quinn earlier this week. They got T.J. Edwards, that linebacker. I love their secondary. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They got Darius Slay. So I love their secondary. The Eagles' defense, it's a top-five defense in the NFL. So they play complementary football. Defensively, they only give up 322 yards per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. They only give up 184 yards passing per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. And they only give up 17 points per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. So defensively, they are one of the best teams in the NFL. So they play complimentary football. They really, really do. And I got to give a lot of credit to Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, because Nick Sirianni has done a hell of a job since he's been the head coach in Philadelphia. I don't believe... Doug Peterson deserved to be fired. I thought Doug Peterson had the credibility to keep his job, given the fact that he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But I can't question that Eagles organization with the hiring of Nick Sirianni, the way that he's coached this football team. They are undefeated, 7-0, and they are favored tonight against the Houston Texans. This is a win, a game that they're definitely going to win for sure. They are led by defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. So he has their defense flying around, making plays. So my prediction for tonight's game, I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the Houston Texans. But I do believe that the Texans keep it close and they cover the spread. I'm rolling with the Eagles to beat the Texans. I'm going Eagles 27, Texans 17. That's my score tonight. On Thursday night football, Eagles 27, Texans 17. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. 
Coming out the break, I'm going to talk about the NFL trading deadline, winners and losers. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. You should follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Again, tonight we got game five in the World Series. It's an 803 first pitch for the Astros and the Phillies tonight in Philadelphia. So the Phillies. They had games three, four, and five in Philadelphia. Games six and game seven, if necessary, will be played in Houston. Great World Series between two great teams. I love watching the World Series. I don't watch baseball in the regular season, but I watch my baseball in the playoffs and especially in the World Series. It is something to watch. Like, I am entertained. I am entertained by regular season baseball. Too many innings. The games be way too long. But I do love my playoff baseball. So great matchup in the World Series. Astros, Phillies. It's crazy because we got baseball and football on the same night. So we know that majority of fans are going to choose football over baseball. It's just the way it is. It's going to be Eagles-Texans, even though the Eagles – or a significantly better team than the Texans are, most people are going to watch Eagles-Texans versus Astros-Phillies. It's just the way it is. NFL, they are ruling sports right now. They, they, they are owning sports when it comes to ratings and what fans want to watch. It's, it's just so entertaining with the NFL and what they got going on. But, um, yeah, we got a great World Series between the Astros and Phillies. But let's get back to some NFL and let's talk about the NFL winners and losers of the trading deadline. So let's start off with my winners for the NFL trading deadline. My biggest winner for the NFL trading deadline is the Miami Dolphins. And the reason why I say the Miami Dolphins are the winners at the trading deadline is because of their acquisition of linebacker Bradley Chubb. And it was announced yesterday that the Dolphins, they reached an agreement on a five-year, $119 million extension that includes a $63 million in guaranteed money to Bradley Chubb. The Miami Dolphins reached that deal with Chubb in the immediate aftermath of trading for Bradley Chubb. I love this move by the Miami Dolphins. You look at the Dolphins and what they have up front with Bradley Chubb. You got Christian Wilkins. You got Raquel Davis. You got Jalen Phillips. You add Bradley Chubb, an elite pass rusher, to that Dolphins defense. The Dolphins now are in a prime position to go on a playoff run. You're going to need pass rushers 
where you're going up against elite quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, like Justin Herbert, and like Joe Burrow. So I love this move for the Miami Dolphins. I believe the Miami Dolphins were the biggest winners at the trading deadline. Also, a winner at the trading deadline was the Chicago Bears. I love the pickup of Chase Claypool because you look at Chase Claypool since he's been in the NFL. Chase Claypool this season, this is just this year, he got 32 receptions, 311 receiving yards. He only got one touchdown. But I believe Chase Claypool is going to be a reliable target in that Bears offense with Justin Fields. That was the biggest issue that I had with the Bears offensively was that they had no weapon for Justin Fields. They had no reliable weapons offensively for Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields, he gets a number one receiver in Chase Claypool. This is Claypool for his career. He's been in the NFL for three years. He has 153 receptions, 2,044 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. This is playing with and out of his prime, Ben Roethlisberger. And then this year, he was playing with Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, and he still was producing. So I love this acquisition for the Chicago Bears. You give Justin Fields a reliable target who he can throw the football to in this Bears offense. I believe that Claypool would have been even better with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. There were reports about how the Packers, they were interested in Chase Claypool, but the Steelers, they chose to trade with the Bears because they believe the draft pick will be higher with the Bears than it will be with the Packers. So they think the Packers are going to have a better season than the Bears, so the draft pick is going to be better. Understand that 100%. But I, as, a, as a Packers fan, I just get tired of being in the mix and so close to deals not getting done. That's another conversation for another day. But you look at some of these other moves yesterday. We got Nakeem Hines. He was traded to the Buffalo Bills. He was previously in Indianapolis. You got TJ Hawkinson from Detroit. He's now in Minnesota. That's a great pickup for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Because I, I believe Hawkinson, at his best, is a top five receiver in the NFL. You look at his numbers this season. Hawkinson, he has 26 receptions, 395 receiving yards, three touchdowns. But for his career, this is playing with no names at quarterback. I mean, he had Matthew Stafford for a few years, but after that, it was it was bad for the Lions when it comes to quarterback. This is Hawkinson for his career in Detroit. He has 186 receptions, 2,068 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns. So I like Hawkinson on the Vikings. Irv Smith, their other tight end, he's going to be out eight to 10 weeks. So this trade makes complete sense for the Minnesota Vikings. You add Hawkinson in the mix with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen. You got Dalvin Cook in the backfield. There are no excuses for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins got so many weapons in that Vikings offense. There are no excuses for Kirk Cousins. I want y'all to get me on record saying this because he got weapons in that Vikings offense. They got elite skill position players in that Vikings offense. 
and he got a coach in Kevin O'Connell who believes in him. He he really believes in Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins has no excuses this season, and we we got to see what he what he's made of. But you look at some of these other trades in the NFL yesterday. Calvin Ridley, he was traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville. He's suspended for the season, but he'll be a reliable target, and he can help out Trevor Lawrence in that Jaguars offense next season. Jeff, Jeff Wilson, he also was traded to the Miami Dolphins. William Jackson III was traded from the Commanders to the Steelers. So it was some interesting trades yesterday, but I believe the biggest winner yesterday was the Miami Dolphins, and a close second was the Chicago Bears. Now, the biggest loser for me at the NFL trading deadline was the Green Bay Packers. And the reason why the Green Bay Packers were the biggest losers at the NFL trading deadline was because of their inability to go out and take risks so Aaron Rodgers can have weapons to throw the ball to. Chase Claypool was available. DJ Moore was available. Brandon Cooks was available. This reports right now about how Brandon Cooks is frustrated because he wasn't traded at the trading deadline. I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to play for the Houston Texans either. They're rebuilding. I would want to get to a contender if I'm Brandon Cooks as well. But I believe the Green Bay Packers are the biggest losers at the trading deadline because you know with your current receiving core, you don't have the proper weapons in place to go on a deep playoff run. I'm not even sure the Packers are a playoff team right now. Like I said earlier, against the Eagles in that Week 12 matchup, that could be a game that the Eagles have to be on the lookout for as a possible trap game. But the Packers have no weapons on the perimeter that are worthy of being legitimate threats. Alan Lazard, he's the Packers' number one receiver. Alan Lazard on an elite team with elite weapons, he's like a fourth or fifth receiver. You look at Alan Lazard. If Alan Lazard was on the Cincinnati Bengals, he would be fourth on the depth chart because Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd would be ahead of Alan Lazard. You look at the Buccaneers. If Alan Lazard was in Tampa, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones would be ahead of Alan Lazard. So I believe the Green Bay Packers were the biggest losers at the NFL trading deadline, not adding another weapon for Aaron Rodgers in this Packers offense. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys, Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to preview Matthew Stafford versus Tom Brady in the NFC. Be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody, remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Let's transition to an NFC battle in Tampa Bay. It's two underachieving Super Bowl champion football teams. That is the LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matthew Stafford versus Tom Brady. Couple notes before I preview this game. 
Tom Brady, he had his first three-game losing streak as a starter since 2002. And Brady is 3-5 and five as a starter this season. That's the first time in his career where he's been multiple games under 500. And Tom Brady is 0-3 versus the L.A. Rams since joining the Buccaneers in 2020. That includes the playoffs. So two teams who are desperate for wins. It's the 3-4 and four L.A. Rams against the 3-5 and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's start off with the L.A. Rams for the season. Matthew Stafford, he has seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, 1,763 passing yards. He's completing 71% of his passes. My biggest issue is the L.A. Rams and their inability to run the football. They are ranked 31st in the NFL in rushing yards per game. They only average 68 rushing yards per game. And Cam Akers, he has been in the doghouse for majority of the season. For whatever reason, Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams, they've told Cam Akers to go home. They were trying to find a trading partner with the L.A. Rams so they can trade Cam Akers away. I'm surprised the Buffalo Bills didn't try to make a trade for Cam Akers considering they were in the in the market for Christian McCaffrey. So Christian McCaffrey's in the doghouse. I don't know what happened, but he's in the doghouse right now with the L.A. Rams in their front office. But their offense overall has been awful offensively. I mean, they can't run the football. So they're a one-dimensional football team. And Matthew Stafford, he's the type of quarterback who needs a reliable running game. He's not a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or like a Josh Allen or like a Justin Herbert who can drop back the pass 40 or 45 times a game and you can have success. You have to run the football and rely on your other weapons in the offense like your running backs like your fullbacks who you can hand the football off to and the offense can flow at a high level so i don't believe matthew stafford can be successful as a starting quarterback for the la rams unless he has a running game and the la rams right now offensively they just don't have an elite running game to depend on their offensive line has been terrible this season They've given up the fourth most sacks in the NFL this season. Matthew Stafford has been sacked 24 times. Only Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, and Justin Fields has been sacked more than Matthew Stafford. Their offensive line isn't very good. It's not. Center, Brian Allen, he's questionable in this game. Left guard, Matt Skura, he's not very good. Bobby Evans, right guard, A.J. Jackson, Rob Havenstein, I believe right now with the L.A. Rams, they can't run the football. Their offensive line is terrible. So they're not a very good football team. Also, in the passing game, they rely on Cooper Cup a lot in their offense. There's no reliable number two at receiver. Allen Robinson hasn't produced for the L.A. Rams, but that's also because of the lack of opportunities that they've given him. For whatever reason, Sean McVay does not involve Allen Robinson in his offense. And they signed Allen Robinson in free agency in the offseason. So, 
again, I don't like this LA Rams offense. They're not playing good football. And Matthew Stafford is having a below average season. He got more interceptions than touchdowns this year. That's my issue with the Rams offense. Now, the Buccaneers defense. Coming into the season, I thought the Buccaneers defensively had one of the best defenses in the NFL. At linebacker, they got Devin White. They got Levante David. Up front, you got Hakeem Hicks, who's going to return back to the field in this game. You got Vita Vea. They lost Shaq Barrett to a season-ending injury. But in your secondary, you got Dean. You got Winfield. You got Mike Edwards. So I thought coming into the season, the Buccaneers were a top-five defense in the NFL. And they are led by head coach Todd Bowles. They won a Super Bowl when Todd Bowles was a defensive coordinator. I had higher expectations for the Buccaneers defensively, and they just have not lived up to their expectations. You look at their defensive statistics. They give up 346 yards per game. That's ranked 11th in the NFL. They are pretty good against the pass. They only give up 194 passing yards per game. That's ranked sixth in the NFL. But they can't stop the run. They give up 132 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 24th in the NFL. You would think a team that has Vita Vea up front, Hicks, Shaq Barrett before his injury, Evan White at linebacker, Levante David, you would think they would be better defensively against the run, but they're not. They're ranked 24th in the NFL against the run, and they only get off the field 42% of the time. That's ranked 25th in the NFL. So you can put together long drives on the Buccaneers defensively, and you can eat up some clock and keep Tom Brady on the sideline if you have an offense that can run the football. The problem is the Rams don't have an offense that can run the football. Now you look over on the other side with the Bucks offense versus the Rams defense. Tom Brady is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know, you know, his statistically and from a production standpoint, he's not producing like he has in previous years, but Tom Brady can still fling the football and he can still deliver the football down the field to his weapons in Mike Evans, in Chris Godwin, in Julio Jones. For the season, he got nine touchdowns, one interception, 2,267 passing yards. He's completing 66% of his passes. So Tom Brady can still throw the football down the field, but the losses of Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski, it has affected this Buccaneers offense, and they're just not in sync. You look at their numbers right now, as an offense, they only have 345 yards per game. That's ranked 23rd in the NFL. They are the worst rushing attack in the NFL. They only average 62 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 32nd in the NFL. And they average 18 points per game. That's ranked 25th in the NFL. So for this Buccaneers team to go on a Super Bowl run, they need to get Leonard Fournette more involved with the offense. I know Ryan Jensen is still out, and they've been having some offensive line issues, but they have to rely on Leonard Fournette because you don't want to have to rely on Tom Brady at age 45 
to have to drop back and throw the football 45 or 50 times per game. You need to establish the running game with Leonard Fournette and allow Tom Brady in the passing game to feed off the running game. Both of these two teams in the Rams and the Buccaneers, they both have similar issues. Neither team can run the football at all, and they both have aging quarterbacks. But Tom Brady is still better than Matthew Stafford is. So this is an interesting matchup. I'm going to roll with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the L.A. Rams in Tampa. I believe this is a must-win for both teams. But I believe that the Rams honestly need this game more than the Buccaneers because the Rams play in the NFC West. And right now in the NFC West, the 49ers are playing at a high level. The Seahawks, surprisingly, are playing at a high level. So the Rams need this game more than the Buccaneers need this game. But I believe the Buccaneers are going to win this game because I believe that that Buccaneers defense is going to get after Matthew Stafford and they don't have no reliable running game to depend on. And other than Cooper Cup, there's no one else in that Rams passing game who Stafford can depend on. There's no one else. Now, we'll say this before I get my prediction, even though I have the Buccaneers beating the Rams. Sean McVay has outperformed Todd Bowles. So remember last year in the playoff game, the Rams beat the Buccaneers in Tampa in the divisional round playoff game. And these two teams are the last two Super Bowl teams. But I believe Tom Brady is going to outplay Matthew Stafford. I believe Leonard Fournette is going to have a better game this week than what he has done in previous weeks against Aaron Donald. I love Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is still a top 10 defensive player in the NFL, arguably top five. But I think this is a game for the Buccaneers offense to get into a rhythm. And I think that Tom Brady is going to throw a couple touchdown passes to Mike Evans. I'm rolling with the Buccaneers to beat the Rams in Tampa. I'm going Bucks 24, Rams 17. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore wait. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys. No sports coming out the break. We're gonna get into my NFL week nine wise picks. I'll be right back. It is the worldwide sports radio network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody, remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore wait. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me try to follow Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. We are live back on the Worldwide Sports Network. We waiting for the baseball World Series to start in Philly. So we got a big time matchup tonight in the MLB playoffs. We got the Astros. And Phillies going to face off against each other. So it's going to be a big-time matchup tonight in uh, in Philadelphia. Game five is a big game in the MLB. It's a big game, and whichever team wins this game will be in the driver's seat to win this series. So 
this is this gonna be a big time game tonight in the MLB. But let's get to my NFL week nine wise picks, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time of the week. The other week, last week in NFL week eight, I went 10 and four in my wise picks. So let's see how I do this week. Let's start off in Washington. We got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Washington to take on the commanders. The Vikings are favored by three and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Washington. Minnesota Vikings, who are favored by three and a half points, traveling to Washington to take on the commanders. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Washington. The over-under for this matchup is 43.5. I'm going to roll with the commanders with an upset over the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going commanders 27, Vikings 24 in Washington. So I got commanders 27, Vikings 24. Let's move on. AFC East battle in New York. Bills 12.5. Favorites at Jets. One o'clock kickoff over under for this game, 47.0. Jets are one of the more surprising teams in the NFL. Bills, arguably the best team in the NFL, depending on how you view it. I like the way Salah has the Jets playing. Zach Wilson, he had a terrible game in week eight. I love that Jets defense, but they're going to get tested this week against the best offense in the NFL. And the leader in the MVP debate is Josh Allen. I'm rolling with the Buffalo Bills to beat the New York Jets in New York. I'll go Bills 31, Jets 20. So I think the Jets will cover that 12 and a half spread. Colts are traveling to New England to take on the New England Patriots. The Patriots are the favorites in this matchup. They are favored by five and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Foxborough. The over-under for this game is 39.5. I don't believe in the Indianapolis Colts. They recently changed quarterbacks. They benched Matt Ryan for the season. So the Colts are underachieving as a football team. The New England Patriots, shockingly, are overachieving as a football team. They are four and four right now. They are last in the AFC East, but they are playing some great football as they beat the New York Jets last week in New York. I'm rolling with the Patriots to beat the Colts in Foxborough. I'll go Patriots 21, Colts 14. Two teams who are desperate for wins. It's Derek Carr versus Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. The Raiders are favored by one and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Jacksonville. The over-under for this matchup is 48.0. The Raiders got stumped last week against the New Orleans Saints, 24-0. It was a very, very disappointing performance from the Las Vegas Raiders last week. I know Devontae Adams is regretting leaving Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr. Jack, The Jacksonville Jaguars, they lost last week in London to Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I'm rolling with the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat Derek Carr and the Raiders. I'll go Jaguars 28, Raiders 24. The Jaguars are a team that's trying to change their culture 
and trying to be a better football team as the season goes along and improve their record. They're not a playoff team, but I think they're a better team right now than the Las Vegas Raiders are. Jags 28, Raiders 24. The Miami Dolphins, favored by five points. They're traveling to Chicago to take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Chicago. The over-under for this game is 45.5. The Chicago Bears, they got beat down last week by the Dallas Cowboys, 49-29. to The Miami Dolphins, they are a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys are. So if the Cowboys beat the Bears by 20, imagine what the Dolphins are going to do. I believe the Dolphins are going to blow out the Chicago Bears. I'm going Dolphins 31, Bears 14. Moving on to the L.A. Chargers, who are traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Chargers are favored by three points. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Atlanta. The over-under for this game is 49.5. I believe Justin Herbert is better than Marcus Mariota. I believe the Chargers are a more complete football team than the Falcons are. I know the Falcons are leading the NFC South, but I don't believe in the Falcons as a playoff team in the NFC, and I believe that the Chargers are a playoff team in the AFC. I'm rolling with the Chargers to beat the Falcons in Atlanta. I'll go Chargers 31, Falcons 17. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Arizona. Geno Smith versus Kyler Murray in Arizona. The over-under for this game is 49.5. Real quick, I want to talk about Geno Smith real quick because Geno Smith has been playing some sensational football. Like, he really playing great right now for the Seattle Seahawks. And he is an MVP candidate quietly right now. Geno Smith is an MVP candidate for the Seattle Seahawks. You look at his numbers for the season. Geno Smith got 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,924 passing yards. Honestly, the Seahawks are probably one of the more surprising teams right now in the NFL. Their defense has gotten better as the season has went along, and they are led by Pete Carroll. We know Pete Carroll preaches defense. I don't believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. So I give the Seahawks the edge in the coaching department. I'm rolling with the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals in Arizona. I'll go Seahawks 24, Cardinals 20. That's the NFC West battle. Seahawks get the better of the Cardinals. Panthers at Bengals. Bengals are favored by seven and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff here in Cincinnati. The over-under for this game is 42.5. The Bengals, they say they are a playoff team. They are four and four right now in the AFC. They are second in the AFC North. The Bengals claim they're a playoff team. If you're a playoff team, I expect you to take care of the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are in tanking mode. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. 
They traded away more earlier in the offseason. So they are preparing for next season and trying to lose games so they can move up in the draft and select C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Therefore, I believe the Bengals are going to take care of business against the Panthers. I'm rolling with the Bengals to beat the Panthers at Paycar Stadium. I'll go Bengals 24, Panthers 10. So I'm going to roll with the Bengals covering that seven and a half spread. Packers, three and a half point favorites traveling to Detroit to take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Detroit. The over-under for this game is 49.5. And last week, for the first time in Wise Guys history, I picked against the Green Bay Packers. It ain't going to be two times in a row. I'm going Packers 27, Lions 24. So I think the game is going to be close. But I think Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions by three points and the Packers snap a four-game losing streak. Let's go to our Monday night football matchup. Ravens favored by two and a half points in New Orleans. It's an 8-15 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 48.0. The Saints are fresh off a 24-0 win over the Raiders last week, but the Ravens are much better than the Raiders are. And the Ravens beat the Buccaneers last week on Thursday night football. Ravens are 5-3. and three. They are leading the AFC North. I'm going to roll with the Ravens to beat the Saints in the Big Easy, and I'm going to roll with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens making it look easy against the New Orleans Saints. I'm going Ravens 31, Saints 20. Those are my NFL Week 9 wise picks for the week. Again, last week I went 10-4. and four. I expect the equivalent or better record in my Week 9 wise picks. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. I'll be back. I'm going to preview the Titans Chiefs game in a bit. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's transition to another big time matchup in the AFC this week. We got the Tennessee Titans, five and two, traveling to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the five and two Chiefs. It's an 8.20 p.m. kickoff in Kansas City. The over-under for this game is 46.5. This is a 2019 AFC Championship rematch between two powerhouse teams in the AFC. Mahomes is 0-2 in his last two regular season games against the Titans in the regular season. So my expectations for this game, let's start off with the Titans. We have to see if Ryan Tannehill plays in this game. 
He's been on the injury report, so he is questionable for this game with an ankle injury. If Ryan Tannehill plays, the Titans have a chance. If the Titans have to rely on Malik Willis, I don't see the Titans being able to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. I think Ryan Tannehill has to play in this game for the Titans to have a chance. Now, we know offensively for the Titans, they are led by Derrick Henry. For the season, Derrick Henry, he has 166 carries, 755 rushing yards for seven touchdowns. He's averaging over four and a half yards per carry. Derrick Henry is still a top five running back in the NFL. And the Titans, they got the ninth best rushing attack in the NFL. They averaged 138 rushing yards per game. And this is one interesting stat about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry versus stacked box boxes. That's with eight or nine players in the box for the opposing defense. Derrick Henry, he has 320 rushing yards in the NFL. That's the most in the NFL versus stacked boxes. So even if you stack the box against Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is still a home run hitter, and he can make things happen in that Titans offense. Now, the key for the Titans is going to be if they can run the football and keep that Chiefs offense on the sideline. That's going to be key because we know how elite the Chiefs' offense is. Offensively, the Chiefs are top five in a lot of major categories. Offensively for the Chiefs, they are ranked first in the NFL in total points per game with 32. They are ranked second in the NFL with 416 total yards per game. That's ranked second in the NFL. And they average 296 passing yards per game that's ranked second in the NFL. So it's going to be key for that Titans offense to run the football and keep Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense off the field. The Titans, they are led by offensive coordinator Todd Downing. So it's going to be important for them to run the football with Derrick Henry. That's the strength of the Tennessee Titans. Like, you remember in the offseason, they traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. So now, at their skill positions, they got Robert Woods. They got Nick Westbrook. They got Cody Hollister at tight end. They got Jeff Swain, Austin Hooper as well. But the strength of this Titans offense is Derrick Henry. I can't make that more clear. So for the Titans to have a chance, they have to rely on Derrick Henry being a top five running back in the NFL and running the football between the tackles and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline watching the game with the rest of us. Make Patrick Mahomes be a spectator. That's the only chance I give the Titans in this game. I don't believe they have the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs if the Chiefs score over 21 points in this game. You have to rely on your elite running back in Derrick Henry. And if they don't have Ryan Tannehill, they're definitely going to have to rely on Derrick Henry even more so. So if Ryan Tannehill is not available in this game, that means the Titans are going to have to run the football on at least 75 to 80% of their plays. 
Well, honestly, even with it, even with Ryan Tannehill in the lineup, you should run the football 75% of the time if you're the Titans and rely on your passing game in key situations. But you want to keep this game 17 10, 20 to 17, keep it low scoring if you're the Tennessee Titans. If you want to have a chance at upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs, the Titans have to keep this as a low-scoring game. If this game gets up into the upper 20s and the 30s, I cannot see the Titans keeping pace with the Chiefs. I can't see it happening. So run the football with Derrick Henry. Rely on your offensive line. Rely on Ryan Tannehill to make a few key throws in this game and try to pull off the upset in Kansas City. That's the one chance I give the Tennessee Titans. Rely on their running game because I don't like their skill position players. They don't have no true star at receiver. Robert Woods, he's serviceable. Nick Westbrook is serviceable. Cody Hollister, he's okay. But offensively for the Titans, run the football and allow Tannehill or Willis to game manage. Now, when you switch gears to the Chiefs offense versus the Titans defense, the Titans defensively, they are bottom, they are bottom half in passing yards. They give up 255 passing yards per game. That's ranked 24th in the NFL. The passing attack by the Chiefs is their strength of their team. Patrick Mahomes, when he delivers the football to Juju Smith Schuster, to Marquez Valles Scantlin to Travis Kelsey in the passing game, that's when the Chiefs are dangerous. That's when they are at their best. And this is going up against a weak pass defense in the Titans. They rank 24th in the NFL against the pass. So that's strength against weakness. So if this game gets away from the Titans and they can't stop Patrick Mahomes in the passing game, this could be a blowout. This could be a blowout. So... You know, I like the Titans defense. They got some players on their defense. They got Jeffrey Simons at in. They got Danico Autry at linebacker. They got David Long Jr., Zach Cunningham in their secondary. They got Roger McQuarrie, Amani Hooker, Kevin Bayard at safety. The Titans defense is formidable. They're, they're, they're an average team, and their statistics show it. They're ranked 18th in the NFL in total yards given up per game. That's ranked 18th, and that's 363 passing total yards per game. Second in the NFL against the run. So they only give up 89 rushing yards per game, and they only give up 19.7 total points per game. That's ranked ninth in the NFL. So the Titans' defense is, is average, and I think they can create some noise defensively if they can – run the ball offensively, and be on the field less. That's the key. Like, they have to be on the field less as possible, and they have to have their offense moving the football by running the ball with Derrick Henry. If if Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs' offense is on the field for a significant amount of time, that could be trouble for this Titans defense. That could be trouble. So it's going to be a great game in Kansas City. I'm rolling with the Chiefs to beat the Titans. I'm going Chiefs 34, Titans 20.
I just I just think the Chiefs got too much firepower for the Titans. And I believe Mahomes is going to put on an MVP performance. I'm going with the Chiefs 34, Titans 20. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to talk about some NBA and the Clippers injury issues with Kawhi Leonard. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys. Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's transition to the NBA segment of the day. Let's start off with the Clippers. As the LA Clippers are 4-4 four and four on a the season. They're 11th in the Western Conference right now. And Kawhi Leonard, he's missed six games this season, including the last five games because of a knee injury. Ty Lue says the team is being cautious with Kawhi Leonard. So, as we discussed the L.A. Clippers and their issues involving Kawhi Leonard and his injury issues, do I believe that the L.A. Clippers should they be concerned with Kawhi Leonard's injuries? I believe they should be concerned. I really, really believe they should be concerned with Kawhi Leonard and the injuries right now with his knee. Because you look at Kawhi Leonard since he's been in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard is the true definition of load management. I mean, you look at Kawhi since he's been in the NBA back in the 2000. 18 season when the Raptors won their NBA championship, Kawhi Leonard that season, he only played in 60 games. So he missed 22 games in the regular season. And then last year he didn't play because of an ACL injury, which is understandable. And then in 2020, he played in 52 games. So Kawhi Leonard, as great as Kawhi is and Kawhi for his career, he averages 19 points per game on 49% shooting from the floor. Kawhi Leonard is a bona fide two-way scorer and a two-way player. Like, when you look at the best two-way players in the NBA, I think about Giannis. I think about LeBron in his prime. Kawhi Leonard is at the top of that list. And all-time, the all-time greats, they also were able to play defense. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. LeBron James. So Kawhi Leonard is in that conversation. But the Clippers should definitely be concerned because the Clippers have championship aspirations. They got championship aspirations this year. And they want to win their first championship in their franchise history. They are led by owner Steve Ballmer. Ballmer got a lot of money. And he's invested in this team. They got Reggie Jackson, a legit third option on their team. They signed John Wall in free agency this year. They still got Paul George, one of the best two-way players in the NBA. You got Marcus Morris. You got Nicholas Batum. And they got Ty Lue as their head coach. I think Ty Lue's arguably the best coach in the NBA. So 
the Clippers have a championship roster that's ready to win now. But without Kawhi Leonard playing, the Clippers have no chance at being a championship contender. They might be a playoff contender because I even in the series in the Western Conference Finals a few years ago against the Phoenix Suns, they took the Phoenix Suns on a tough six-game playoff series without Kawhi Leonard. So I believe without Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers are a playoff team in the Western Conference, but they're not a championship contender without Kawhi Leonard. They need Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is a top five player in the NBA. People forget about how great Kawhi Leonard is. Now you look at Kawhi Leonard for his career. He's a two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, three-time All-NBA first-team player, two-time All-NBA second-team player. He won two NBA Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA when he's healthy and in the lineup. So without Kawhi Leonard, I don't believe the Clippers are championship contenders. Without Kawhi Leonard, they're playoff contenders, but not championship contenders. And coming into the season, I had the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors for the rights to go to the NBA Finals. But there are other teams that I would put above the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. I'm taking the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the way the Jazz are playing right now, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, obviously. So without Kawhi Leonard, they're not championship contenders, barely playoff contenders. But I like Reggie Jackson and Paul George. I think Reggie Jackson is big time. Reggie Jackson has the ability to take over games and can definitely score the basketball at a high level. But I think this championship, this team is a championship roster. I think they got a championship team, and I love their head coach. I love Ty Lue as their as their head man. But yeah, I think I think in order for them to be championship contenders, they need Kawhi Leonard for sure. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. So we got NFL Week Nine, and we got some big time matchups in the NFL this weekend. 2019 AFC Championship rematch Titans in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Excited for that matchup. Two teams that's five and two on the season, trying to improve their records. Titans are leading the AFC South right now. Chiefs are at the top of the AFC West standings. And then we got two underachieving Super Bowl teams in the LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matthew Stafford versus Tom Brady in Tampa. Rams three and four on the season. Buccaneers three and five on the season. That game is a possible elimination game for whichever team loses that game. And then we got the World Series this weekend. Astros and the Phillies facing off against each other. Give a live update on that game. Astros and Phillies are tied at one apiece. They're in the bottom of the second in Philly, the Phillies got the bases loaded with two outs. So key moment in the World Series coming up. But I'm Trey Larkins of the Wise Guys Sports Show. Go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to 
Check out the Wise Guys podcast next week. Enjoy your weekend. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. These guys know sports. These guys know. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.